Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? My check engine light's on. Mm, that could hurt your gas mileage. The AutoZone free fix finder service can help find the fix for free. Get in zone. This whole report for free? That's right. Printed and on your phone for free. Get in zone. But what if the fix is too tough? We'll recommend a local shop. Fix Finder, only at AutoZone. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Playing Around with Paige Renee. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Playing Around. And I have my girl gang with me today. So we have Samantha Marks, who kicked my ass in junior golf and college golf and has like the hottest takes on Twitter. We also have Amanda Rose. So I am so excited that you guys are both with me. Seriously, I will just scroll through Twitter and you guys are the most like outspoken, badass women in <laughs> golf. And so I'm glad you guys are joining me today. Yeah, it's a shame we hate each other so much too. <laughs> it's funny because um, I feel like, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that we're the most outspoken women. On yeah, Twitter. I don't either. No. I think it's a great thing, a really good thing. And we have some stuff to talk about. I mean, we had the RBC, which honestly, I didn't watch much of. I think I was just having a hangover after the Masters. Yeah. And the next term after a major is just always, you know, it's kind of hard to get back into it. I think there's just so much golf, which is we're going to talk about a little bit later. But it's just like it's a tournament after a tournament after another tournament after another tournament. And it's just like... I'm I'm kind of golfed out, but the RBC was great. It's a fun course, Hilton Head, which you guys actually were just at together fairly recently. I was just at Hilton Head as well, first time in that area. It is so cute. I only spent a day there. Didn't get to go out to the tournament. I was there for an ex golf event, um, but I love it there. It is like so cute. It's cool. Yeah, it's it's a really cool little area, and there's so much more golf than just Harbor Town. You'd like kind of be surprised when you go there at how much good golf there is, and um. I was also kind of surprised, Amanda and I talked about this at how like it, that that kind of area of the world, like the Savannah, Hilton Head, St. Simon Islands area kind of gets a uh, bad rap for being like old or like everyone there is old. And that's definitely not what we came across when we were there. There was, it was definitely very young and vibrant. And I, I love the time that we spent there. So much good food. 
I mean, it's on the beach, there's golf. I mean, what's, what's not to love, but I will uh, let Amanda tell the story about, um, about us going to Hilton Head. So I was, um, (laughs) (laughs) I had, um, Samantha and I were together in, uh, hammock beach We're playing hammock beach, like the week prior, a week and a yeah. half prior to when she went to Hilton Head. Cause I remember when I was down there with her, she's like, Oh my God, in two weeks, I'm going to play Harbor town. I was like, well, F me, like, thanks for the invite. That sounds amazing. So anyway, I end up going, I fly to Atlanta to meet this guy that I used to kind of go out with. And he's just a terrible <laughs> person. And, uh, you have no idea, Paige, <laughs> no idea. Yeah, because it's like, I realize I always think it's me. Like, I always think like I'm the problem. But then when the other people around me are like, no, like usually you are the problem. But in these cases, like you're not. I'm like, okay, cool. So, okay. So I fly to Atlanta. To see One more him. thing. I just have to add this because you were always flying to other people too. Why can they ever come to you? You're always like, oh, I went to Georgia. I went to Dubai. I went to like all these random places <laughs> yep. in the world. To, like You would think she would learn. Like, I have at this point. No. I had a guy, it's a guy wanted me to go to Spain um, recently. And I was like, no, you, you can come to America. Like I'm, I'm 100% not going there anyway. So anyway, we go to meet up, we drive like, so our plan is to go from Atlanta to RSM, which is, you know, St. Simon's Island, solid five, five and a half hour drive. So we go there, whatever. He just has like a fucking nervous breakdown because that's just who he is like multiple and I like kind of did these audio recordings and I would send them to Sam and I'm like am I the problem here and she's like no he's insane and I'm like okay cool so we get to like day three and he I've kind of kept him like a little mellow whatever and then I don't really know what happened but I mean I do I'm not gonna tell the story but it wasn't my fault but he like ended up just leaving me there and I was like, great. I I don't have anywhere to go. Like he literally drove back to where he lived. I'm five hours from the airport and my flight the next morning. Um, so in the meantime, I'm, you know, just hanging out with like caddy buddies and stuff. They're chill. We go out, we get super wasted. (laughs) Sam and I are texting. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like I, I'm, I can't fly out of Gatwick. Like it's not going to work. She's like, all right, well, here's the thing. I'll come down and get you tomorrow. Or she sent someone to come down and get me the next day. This was Thursday night, Friday night. She's like, all right. So I'm still at the, at at the RSM. So I spend the whole day, like walking around RSM doing whatever. Then finally, the end of the day, she's like, all right, you know, we're almost there. They come pick me up two and a half hours away from where she is drive back to Hilton Head. I play golf with her like the next few days. She was operation rescue Manders. And then we drive back to Atlanta or uh, Orlando after that. So all I did was drive that trip. I flew out of two different airports, <laughs> different airlines, like all this crazy stuff. But I think I ended up booking my flight for like $50 or something back. Didn't I say I'm like, I was so excited. But then I ended up telling my dad like three months later and he's like, you're such an idiot. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, I wish I really hadn't done that. And he's like, no, you don't. You needed to learn. You're right. I kind of did need to learn. Amazing story. But all that's I like that a lot of good details, but yeah, that I was in Hilton Head um, on this lovely trip sponsored by Hilton Head Tourism and Amanda yeah. got to then join um, when we played Harbortown, which was really cool. It was really cool. <laughs> yeah, that was so. the good part of the story. So it ended up being really fun. So Sam can tell you like the fun parts of the story once I was rescued. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Well, once you were there, obviously it was great. Not that it wasn't great before, but, um, just less is yeah. great. Yeah. We had so much fun. The course was incredible. I played there when I was in college for an event, but God, I'm like, I am somebody who I could hit, I could go play golf today. And then tomorrow you'll be like, Oh, would you make on hole number seven? And I'll be like, I, I yeah. was, it's like, I was there. <laughs> And but it's so, probably a par that she made. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, we were there in November. I'm looking back at the pictures now. The week before Thanksgiving. So how's that course? I, I've only played Harbortown on like X Golf and through like a simulator. It's really cool. But I've never played it in person, but I heard it's like super narrow. It's really difficult. Yeah. Sounds like a course that I would never like. Also, it sounds like a course that I would never pick Jordan Speed to win on ever. Yeah, it's it's definitely one where if your driver is not uh, in your favor, then I, let's just say I saw a lot of the golf course that day. <laughs> I saw a lot yeah. of it. I made sure to have the full experience. And they had like four caddies. So it, the four caddies yeah. were like rushing us. Like, come on, keep going. Let's go. We played like two, three and a half hours. And someone else was like, I played Carpertown one time and it took me like five and a half hours, such a long round. I'm like, they changed the rules there. Yeah. But it was cool. We had like lunch on the patio after, which was really cool. Um, it was just an overall really good experience. I mean, I loved the area, but yeah, definitely not. Um, when I so like I said, I didn't watch much either. And when I was tuning in on Sunday, I was seeing all these tweets like Jordan Spieth takes a lead. I'm like, <laughs> fuck's sake. Like, seriously, yeah. I'm trying to turn this on and this is what I'm turning it on for. So, like, so really. everyone listening right now, um, <laughs> Sam is known to be the number one Jordan Spieth hater on Twitter. <laughs> Anytime yeah. Jordan Spieth she not, is but... in the lead, you will see a hate tweet from Sam Marks. It is like a hundred percent all the time. What is it about Jordan Spieth that you hate? Okay. I'm looking something up really quick here. Okay. How long ago was this Amanda? This was like right before the pandemic, probably maybe like 2019. I was still working golf channel, but I called Jordan Spieth a phase on Twitter and it, okay. See, I'm I don't not, remember that. That was so long ago. I'm not technically wrong because let me read you the dictionary definition of phase, <laughs> a distinct period or stage in a series of events or process of change or development. Okay. He was so very was like 2015. Yeah. So he was okay, very yeah. good for a short period of time. What has he done since then? One twice, one twice, but like up In until last year, then, like up until then. Yeah, but we all yeah. have our issues until then. You know what? He's not Jason Day. It's not like I get he's it, but what I'm saying is like he's not, he's not giving me like Dustin Johnson consistency over the past like 10, 15. So was it the amount of media coverage that he was getting that you didn't like because you don't think that he was he deserved it that he earned it no oh my god and see that's what like people don't yes. understand I love the I love that he's great for the game I think he's like uh he's you know an attractive American guy that could really be good for growing the game right but mm -hmm. people like saw my tweet and see all these funny things that now I have to commit to the bit right now I'm like stuck with yeah. what I said and I'm not a believer in like backing down and at this point it's been like five years and I can't go back and be like oh I didn't mean what I said five years yeah I did I have to stick with it but like, I don't hate him. I, I wish, I hope he wins all the, the rest of the three majors this year. I hope I'm wrong. I hope my Twitter just gets blown up. You know why? One, engagement. And two, because um, I think it would be great for the sport. I don't hate him. I just think that I said one thing and now you should see the amount of shit that I'm tagged in on Twitter. Like every time he plays well or make a putt. You. 
he'll make a putt and people, the replies will just be like at Samantha S. Marks Adam. Like, oh my God, I get it. I get it. I will say though, especially like in 2015, he was a bit annoying. I wasn't like the number one speed lover out there. You know, the way he would talk to his caddy, he just seemed a bit whiny. And I was never like a big fan about that. And then he kind of disappeared and has come back. I'm like, okay, yeah, like Spieth is really good for golf. And it's nice to have someone like that on top of the leaderboard. But then sometimes he'll just like go back to being whiny again. I'm just like, shut up. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. You're annoying. It's annoying. It's funny people talk about the whiny Spieth. Like I only remember the good times with Jordan Spieth. Like I have so badly wanted to get back to that the last few years that I forget all of like the whiny brattiness that, and like gosh darn it Jordan maybe uh, that's you know, your problem that. with men you only remember the I think it is I was gonna say that <laughs> I was like, it all comes full circle. Makes sense now. It literally does. It all comes full circle. Makes sense. But then you think about it, it's like 2015. He was what? He was like 23. Like he was still a child, you know? Like, I don't know. There's, I don't know. I'm just a Jordan Spieth lover. So I can't, I just can't say anything bad about him. Like, I just think he's a total I'm glad player. that he's had his comeback. I, I am will too. Say that. I'm glad he's playing well again. I'm glad that, uh, relatively though, I mean, like, yeah, he's won twice, but he kind of fought for this one. I mean, he was missing like tap and putt. Yeah. Like it was looking pretty dicey there for a while. So he's still not the speed that we, you know, came to know and love. And it, it's kind of touch and go with him. Yeah. Do you think his game's ever going to get back into the point where it was, where we look at speed as being a dominant player or is it somewhere it's like, okay, he showed up like good to go. Like, does he have the game to win another major? Oh yeah. I think he'll win another major. I think he's going to have a wonderful career. I don't think he's the next tiger. I think, um, you know, I don't think we're going to see him pull what Scotty Scheffler's just done uh, or pull even what he had done in the past, but I definitely think he's going to continue to win for the next 10, 15 years. I think we're going to get a few majors out of him. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, I would agree. I think that, you know, like Paige said, those, those short missed putts, those will leave some serious scar tissue on your game. And I think that that combined with the last, you know, three years that he's kind of struggled. I mean, he's been up near the top of leaderboard, but struggling as in not winning, like he was for that phase of his life, dare I say it. Um, (laughs) I think, you know, that that's a lot to work through. And I think, I think Amanda's right. I think we'll still get some more wins out of him, a major or two or three or four or whatever, but I don't think he's going to go on another run. Like he was before. I don't think we'll Mm -hmm. turn on the TV and see him inside 20 feet and be like, yep, he's going to make it. Like, I don't think (laughs) it's going to happen again. If he's missing multiple 18 inch putts in one tournament. I mean, that's like, that's elementary type shit. I don't, that's something up here. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's all mental with him. And I feel like he's one of those players that is so mental. It's like when he has his confidence and he's making putts, he's unstoppable, but you can even see the way he's like tinkering with his swing. And even when he was struggling, it was bad. Like Mm -hmm. it was brutal to watch him play. I remember watching him play a couple of years ago at Riviera and he hit a hybrid off the tee. And it was one of the worst shots I've ever seen a professional hit. Like we're talking 60 yards offline with a hybrid, with a hybrid. And you could just tell when he's standing over any shot, he does not look comfortable at all. He has no idea if it's going right or left. And that is the worst 
feeling to have. When I was playing pro, that was something I always struggled with was like off the tee. And it's like, as soon as you lose confidence off the tee, then every part of your game starts to go because you have to put pressure on your irons and you have to put pressure on your short game. You have to Mm -hmm. put pressure on your putting. And he's an amazing scrambler, but that's only going to keep you going for so long. Like you're going to have those really bad rounds. And I I just, I don't really know if he's going to win another major. (laughs) Interesting. Well, I mean, we'll see, like only time will tell like this. That's the crazy thing about golf. It's like, you can be on top one day. Who knows? Scotty Scheffler may never break 80 again. I mean, I'm not saying that would happen ever, but I'm just saying like, we don't know going into the Zurich if he, if he's even going to break 80, like, and granted he and Ryan Palmer are my picks to win, but <laughs> I <laughs> disclose, full disclosure, but like, you don't know, right? Like look at Ty Tryon, right? He looked like he was this phenom 17 year old kid. Didn't go to college, turned pro literally couldn't break 80. It's just, it's like Ian Baker Finch wins the open championship. Can can't putt again. Like you just don't know golf is such a weird game. So you don't know if the greatest ever is never going to do anything again. And someone who you thought was such a has-been has a resurgence like it's just that's just golf and that's kind of what's fun about it but also what's so like emotionally and mentally torturous about it because you just don't know well I think that's like why when you look at Tiger's career why it's so special yes it's because it's not phases like you look at all these golfers like Sam's not wrong like it was a, it was a phase. Like it he was. was playing really well for a while and he like disappeared. And I think we always continuously, you know, build these players up because we want someone to be dominant over a long period of time. But even look at Colin Morikawa, he's not playing bad, but he's not dominant. And, and John so hard now is another good John one. Rom, and, you know, I think everyone's looking now at Scotty Scheffler, like, can he keep this up or is it going to be another phase? And that's not a bad thing or a knock on them mm-hmm. as a player. It's just how the game of golf is where yeah. like when you're Ryan high and you're confident, you're going to play well, but it's like, how long can you keep that going and it was tiger's b game was still dominant and that was so impressive i mean how many cuts he made in a row how many tournaments he played well even when he wasn't swinging well we all know some days you just show up you grab the club and you're like what the fuck is this yeah. like, I, I i don't even know how to swing yeah. this thing i've never played golf before in my life and tiger found a way to win and i think a lot of these players just it, it's not that they've lost it or it's just the ebbs and flows of golf. And I, and I think that's what makes it so hard. I think one more thing on that topic is like, we, as some of uh, the people in our, like maybe 20 year age gap are so spoiled with what we watched tiger do yeah. that we have such high expectations that when, that yeah. when someone wins for like two years and then dips like Jordan Spieth did, we're like, nah, he sucks. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of pro sports. Like it's it, what tiger did is so unbelievable and so out of character and so like not normal but we're so different periods too yeah exactly that's the crazy thing remember was it 2013 was the six win year or something crazy like that and it was like that was after a surgery and a scandal and was like tiger ever gonna play again kind of thing and then he went out and did that you know what i mean like he's had all of these will he won't he he's had so many of these those are phases it's like tiger's phases are when he's not in the game versus when he is in the game. Yeah. It's just, I think our expectations are so high now that, um, we need to lower them on a lot of, but on that, no, everyone does it though. Everyone. And I know Paige, you're about to say that like the second, you know, more is more cow the next tiger because more cow won a WGC is, is Scotty Sheffield next tiger because he won, you know, four out of his last six, like, you know, like what I know it drives Paige crazy because drives me crazy. Not even that. I think, all of us as media, we're actually contributing to 
the issues of these players. Yeah. You know, you look, think of, of Jordan Spieth and they were brutal on him in press conferences. You suck now. You can't putt. Will you ever win again? Like they're asking him these questions before he goes out and plays. Yeah. And I remember, I can't remember the exact quote, but someone asked him while he was on the range, like, do you even feel like you belong here? Like, do people treat you differently? It's like so bad. You know how much that would mess my mind up? I, I mean, I already overthink everything and I feel like he's kind of an introspective player too, that mm-hmm. I'm sure that really just messed with him. And there's a ton of other players too, where it's like, they're not having these bad weeks, but we're making it seem so much worse and we're probably contributing to, you know, them feeling this way. And, you know, even look at like Matt Wolf, like maybe if Matt Wolf didn't have all that extra pressure on him, he wouldn't be having his downfall. And so you look at all those players and there's so many players where it's like they were touted to be the next big best thing. And then, I mean, what's happening with Ricky? Like, it's really sad to see. And it's like, how much do we contribute as media talking about them? And are they listening? Do they care? We know players like Phil Mickelson, he very, clearly cares so I I don't know but I feel like it's hard to talk about but you want to be honest too you can't just you know not be honest when you talk about what's happening or their game but it's like are we are we the problem is it us (laughs) well not are we the drama are we the bad guys here (laughs) I mean we're not asking the questions I mean Sam's the problem because she says Jordan sucks on Twitter no I'm just kidding but like I'm just tweeting, like, I love you, Jordan Spieth. Like, get well soon. I'm literally just sending him get well soon cards via Twitter. So I don't think I'm the problem. But I mean, yeah, I guess media as a whole. I don't know. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, I mean, I think Paige made a good point about Matthew Wolf. Like, that whole graduating class was very expected to be, like, one of these guys is going to be the next Tiger. Well, why can't we just let Tiger be Tiger? Mm -hmm. And then, like, see what else happens. Like, that. I'm, I'm, I, I agree with you. I'm kind of tired of that narrative. And I think, like I said, if we all lower our expectations and not expect everybody who steps out on tour to get 82 tour wins with like 75 surgeries, then I think we're going to all be much happier people. Yeah. On that note, <laughs> that baby, is it okay? Like, wh- is it breathing? <laughs> is, is Sammy Smith speak breathing? I don't want to ever contri- like critique another mother or how someone handles their child. I am not a mother. Like when someone gives me a baby, like I don't know what to do. Like I don't, I hold babies the way they hold babies. And it's because I don't know how to hold a baby and I don't want to hold a baby. But when she was running out, holding the baby in the head, the head was like rocking back and forth, like going into the sweater, like I didn't see a nose or mouth. All of the comments were like, is the baby okay? Like she was like jumping and shaking the baby. And I'm like, I, I, I don't have a baby, but I don't think that's how you do it. Yeah. It looked a little fresh. I don't think you do that with, but I don't think it, I don't think it's soft spot has gone away yet. So that kid needs a helmet, not like a jiggle. Yeah. I was, um, when I was watching those 10 minutes that I did watch, cause you know, um, Amanda steps in to do the, to do the interview and then, uh, Annie and Sammy are right behind them. And I'm just seeing her still standing there, like shaking the baby. I'm like shaking baby, how to give your baby shaking baby syndrome live on CBS. Like that is what we're watching. I'm not even listening to what he's saying because I'm trying to see if this baby is alive. Like, I think Amanda, you made a good point though, about, about what you said last night. What did you say? I say a lot of things. You got to be a little more specific than that. Especially, you I mean, all we do you, is text. Yeah. You said, tell me you have a full-time nanny without telling me you have a full-time nanny. I don't think I said that. That was that me. Was probably, <laughs> oh. 
Thanks. <laughs> no, Sorry. but it, 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 it just, we talked about this last week too, when Spieth was holding the baby and it looked, it was so incredibly awkward and people were messaging me and they're like, yeah, it looks weird. And then there was a picture of her holding the baby, which also looked really awkward. I don't know if it's just a very squirmy baby and they just can't get a hold of it. But I mean, the thing is like, you don't. It's like a sea bass. Like uh, when somebody has me a baby, it's like, okay, you have to like cradle the head and you have to, you know, like put your arms underneath it. I mean, that kid is going to be tough as fucking rocks. I swear. That was interesting for sure. Yeah. And I'm so mad. Okay. So I missed it live. Like yesterday was the first time I decided to play golf and fucking God knows how long I'm like, yeah, let me stream it to Twitch. I did it. It went great. Thanks for asking. Um, so <laughs> I'm people are like, Oh my God, speed, speed. And I have like all these, all this shit going. So I couldn't even watch it. And I wish I could have watched the shaking baby. I mean, no, I don't wish that. Let's cut our break. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So we have the Zero coming up and... I love this team event. I think it's great. It's fun. I think it kind of breaks it up. I would actually love for this to be, if they move the schedule around a little bit, maybe a team event was the first event after the Masters. I think that'd be fun. And then they went to Hilton Head. But it's a bunch of people playing. It seems, <laughs> a bunch of people playing. Seems good. I was kind of, looking, kind of looking at the field. Um, we don't even need to look because we know who's going to win. It's Scotty Sheffer and Ryan Palmer. This dude's played with so many partners this event. He's won before. He, what, he won with John Rom. Like, he just takes whoever's the hottest player at the moment and is like, come with me. <laughs> There's only probably three teams, three or four teams that actually look like they have a shot. I mean, if you're going to play a team event, do you play with someone you think you can win with or do you play with someone you like? Both. You need to play with someone that you like and you win with. Win with unless you're I don't know aren't there always like stories about the guys that are always like looking for partners and like no one wants to be their partner and I always feel so bad yeah I don't know the one guy the one team that I like who probably isn't like a hot pick is uh Taylor Gooch and Max Homa oh I do like that pick I, that was one I was looking at yeah, yeah I like Taylor- that one Taylor Gooch is sneaky and he's been close a lot in the last mm-hmm. like 12 months and then Max Homa he won RSM yeah, and then Max Homa, I feel like, always gets up for team events. So I love mm-hmm. to watch that. I think that's one of the teams that, you know, not in the top few category, but still piques my interest. So I like that. You're probably getting good odds on that. Yeah, too. I like that one. I like the Scheffler. And then I also like Billy Horschel and Sam Burns. 
I think that's mm. a really good team too. So yeah, they have the same, um, like stats guy, they share mm-hmm. the same stats coach. So actually look out for them. They could w- very easily win it this week. And a fun kind of underdog team, just because I love Tyrell Hatton more than life itself. I think that he's amazing. I just love have him. Um, I met him once and I was the starter in Dubai and the only interaction I had with him was actually just like, here's the pin sheet. But some of before was like, you have to say Tyrell. If you say Terrell, he'll never talk to you ever again. He'll hate you for life. And so that was the only interaction I've ever had with him. But I like that he's fiery and he's fun. And he just like says and does whatever he wants on the golf course because he just acts out how I actually feel when I play. Mm-hmm. And I love that. But so him and Danny Willett, I think could be an interesting team too. Yeah, I love those. I also, one other team to look out for, I would say would be Leishman and Cam Smith. Cam Smith, obviously yeah. playing great. the, the win plate. last year. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another team to look out for. I don't personally feel great about Hovland and Morikawa. I don't know why. Mm, don't ask me why. I don't, like I don't that know why. either, but it's just not really vibing for me right now. So, cause it looks like a chalk, like it looks like it should be. The they should be the team. Right? To win. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's just, there's some, I don't know. I just, I feel like Hovland might have a day where he's just kind of spraying it. And then Morikawa is going to have a day where he's not making putts. I don't know. I also feel like personality wise, they don't really match up that well. Yeah. They're both really nice, but I just like, don't see them vibing as friends. Yeah. One's really quiet and the other one's like just a walking smile. So I don't know. Yeah. Do they just argue like who's a nicer person? Probably. I don't know. I just don't see them like (laughs) hanging out or being like the best of friends. Yeah. What's the format for this? I think it's better ball and alternate shot. Is that the two? formats for it i think um first and third rounds are best ball and then the second and fourth rounds are alternate shot so what i said but like i brought up to you guys earlier i feel like it could actually be fun if they did worst ball now someone brought up like oh they should do a scramble and worst ball and i was like i don't like the scramble idea like I, scrambles drive me crazy but i think worst ball would be really fun and sam you played a lot of that in college we did play a lot of that in college we would go out and we would have to play two balls so i would you know hit two off number one. You know, if I hit one straight down the fairway, that meant I had to hit another one straight down the fairway. It's a really good way to practice your game actually, and to work on course management. So if you have a free nine holes and you want to go out there by yourself, I would highly recommend it one, because it's like you're playing 18 holes, but you're not. And (laughs) two, um, it really helps you kind of work with that consistency. You know, if you have 150 yards and you hit it to 20, 30 feet, you have to do it again. That's a lot of pressure. Um, and it's, it's a really good way to work on your game. And we, we did it a lot in college. I don't know. I, I would be probably pissed if I had to do it with somebody else because I would already <laughs> be pissed enough at myself, but, um, that would be a really interesting format, but I'm with you on the scramble. I feel like, I feel like every score would be the same. They birdie every hole and you every par five. Like, I feel like it yeah. would be like, that would get annoying, but I I'm, I'm in for the worst ball for sure. And it's a great, uh, a great drill for anyone to do. Not, not just, uh, not just good players either. I do like that. I wish that they got a little bit more creative with the format. It's a little bit boring. I think worst ball would be really interesting. And I was talking to someone about this the other day. We were talking about one golf is so hard because it's not a team sport and it's hard because you have to be such a well-rounded player. But what if you did a team event where you could designate, you hit drives, that's all you do. And then you can say like, you only hit the iron shots, but it's like, what if they did something like that, where it's like, you can say one person only hits all of the drives, like 
that's it. They're only on tee shots. Next person is iron shots, or it's like someone is just irons and drivers and the other person's just short game and putting. And I think we'd actually get some really interesting teams and it would be fun to kind of mix it up a little bit compared to like how we just do all of the normal formats now. I don't know how well it would work or if it'd be interesting, but I think that it, it just to try something new or different, yeah. it could be cool to see because there's so many players that have very different games. And if you combine them, it's almost like a super player. Have you guys ever played a tournament, like at the club or something where like every six holes is like a different format and you have to like keep track. And that drives me crazy when it's like, okay, one through six are better ball. And then so what comes after six, seven, seven through whatever is what I, is, is scramble. And then the next one is like alternate shot or whatever. So it's like, I'm glad they don't do that. Cause that would drive me effing crazy can you imagine like the the announcers trying to keep up with that i was about to say that would that would be a job <laughs> for the announcers that's for sure especially if they're going to like different people yeah. on the golf course and they're like they're doing this and they're doing this but what if they did five clubs you can only play with five clubs oh, what what five would you guys pick i feel like five is a lot isn't it usually three okay let's do three yeah. three clubs so like driver seven iron putter i guess is your only option right i would do or i guess five iron maybe I'd probably do three wood, six iron, 54. Cause I could, I could putt with my 54. Oh, oh true. Cause you can't really get out of bunkers with the irons. Yeah. Okay. So here's, you, Sam. so we actually do this a lot at winter park nine once a month. Do you yeah. actually, that would be fun. I'm so sure they it, do. You do it once a month at the skins game and everybody there does what Paige does and they putt with their wedge. Well, me, I don't know that that's the best strategy. Let me explain why. <laughs> One, because winter park nine is so short, you can get on the green on some par fours and one on most par fives and two. So this is an extenuating circumstance. I'm not talking about doing it on the PJ tour, but talking about it a short course. If you're on the green, you have to give yourself a chance to make the putt and like a good chance to make the putt. So I always went putter seven iron three wood, because if I'm in the bunker, I'm not making a skin anyway. So like, I don't need to worry about getting out of the bunker and getting it close to the pin because I'm probably not going to mm. make it anyway. Yeah. And I think for like a lot of players too, they're not skilled enough to hit a wedge like a putter. And so it's better to use a putter. And then also they're not that great chipping around the greens with a lofted club. I think people would amateur golfers, their scores would get so much better if they just started chipping with like wedges or nine irons compared to a lofted club. Cause you don't know how many times I play with someone and they're like, oh, I'm, I suck so bad and I'm losing so many shots on my irons. And I'm like, no, you're actually, you hit in a bunker. You can't get out of the bunker and then you can't get up and down from there. It's all short game. Mm -hmm. And people don't realize that because they think they're just like losing shots because they're missing greens. It's like, no, it's because you're not getting up and down. If you watch the, the tour players, they get up and down from everywhere. Their short yeah. games are so sick. It's like, incredible how good their short games are and I, I think this is a great drill for anyone to do at home is to take the three clubs and because you, you're forced to be more creative and then you actually find shots that you would you would never hit and it helps you out but I think taking the putter I, I now that you've swayed me I would take a putter too <laughs> but it's different of course like if we're playing for score or if we're playing for skill. yeah like if I'm just playing to make a birdie I have to have my putter so I could see your point too I can putt with my wedge but I'm not as accurate if I know yeah. I'm on the green I need to make it so I see what you're saying for sure are you guys gonna even watch the Zurich I'll probably just watch like a little bit of it I just we talked about this a little bit earlier but do we think there's just too much golf 
mean, there's so many tours. There's so much going on. Now the Saudi League, there might be even more golf added into this. Is it too much going on? I think if I was a fan of another sport and I happen to flip by Golf Channel once in a while, I would be like, are these people fucking crazy? Like (laughs) the sport never stops. And it's not like we're showing reruns. Like this sport is four days on, three days off, four days on, three days off for the rest of time. Like that's a lot of golf and it's way too much golf. And I personally like, and it finally hit me this, this past week at the, uh, at Hilton head, right after the masters, I was like, oh my God. Cause the masters feels like seven days of golf, you know, cause you're yes. watching live. It was like two weeks of, uh, because with all the tiger stuff this year, yeah, yeah, you're like watching everything. You're keeping track of tiger. You're, you know, doing all the, the yeah. live streams and stuff. And then all of a sudden Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday goes by so fast. And then Thursday is another golf tournament. I'm like, oh my God, I've had enough, had enough of these guys. Yeah. I've had enough. You never have a chance to miss them either. And it's like, everyone is all in on the masters and everyone's really excited about it. And then kind of Hilton head rolls around and I talked about it. There was no interest. No one wanted to talk about it. And like, if you take some weeks off, you'd be like, you know what? I actually miss watching golf. I want to watch golf again. It's like, you never have a chance to miss it. And it's always on all the time. It never stops. Yeah. I mean, look at how excited people get when like NFL or college football comes back. That's not a thing Mm -hmm. in golf at all. Well, see, I still get really excited. Like whenever they tee off at Kapalua, I'm like, it's time guys for the good tournaments to start. But yeah, uh yep. Too much golf, but I kind of like it. But But I I think it's good. You just, I watched actually more LPGA golf this last weekend, I like need to like cleanse my system of like the PGA tour and the same players and the same storylines and the same, it's like, gets a bit redundant. And it was nice to actually watch the LPGA and watch different players on a different golf course. And it just Mm -hmm. felt like refreshing. And I'm, that's why I said, I'm like, I'm, I'm excited for Zurich because it's a team event. It's a little bit different, but just like a couple of weeks. So maybe a couple of weeks off in between or like a longer time where it's like, okay, here's the season we go hard. And then you have a couple months or, you know, how many months is it now? I know they switch, they keep switching around all the time, but it's only like two months really that there's no golf for like a month. Right. Barely. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the week before Thanksgiving RSM is usually the last one. And then yeah, it's like a month and a half. That's crazy. Yeah. That's actually crazy. Yeah. Especially with the fall series and the wraparound, it's just a lot. It really is. And I don't really want to watch those tournaments. Like they don't really do it for me. The APM finishes. Yeah. There's a period at the end of the year where like, nobody's even watching those tournaments either. So, I mean, what would you guys think about a, a, a golf season that was just the majors and the players? I would hate that. It's so much. That's what the, that's basically what the Saudi tour is. They have like six <laughs> events and that's all the money. That's what the Saudi tour is. Are you in cahoots with Greg Norman, Sam? Yeah. Do you have to do something to tell me? Um, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I think, um, I think it would be interesting. It would give these guys some actual time to like be at home with their families, train, like, I don't know. Learn how to hold a baby. Yeah, learn how to <laughs> not you know, dismember their baby's head from their body. I don't know. I think it would be interesting. I just saw somebody responded to that on Twitter the other day. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting take. I, I don't like a five tournament year. I mean, I I think that obviously we need like more golf than just like the majors and the players. I think if you do some of the 
flagship events, like the big ones. So let's do like the waste management. Let's do Byron Nelson. People seem to like that one. Let's do a couple of those just to like get the guys to be prepared to warm up. But what if we take two weeks off after majors? I, I, I think that I think a week after the majors could be good. Something. I do agree with that. But I think a week after needs, the majors could be good. There needs to be time to like get excited about it too. Again, it's like I I love golf. I love watching golf, but it's too much golf. I don't get excited about it. And I want people to be like pumped up and to talk about it and to get excited about it and do all this stuff. And I think sometimes like when we're even looking at the storylines of golf, we run out of things to talk about because it's yeah. like the same players, the same thing all the time. Nothing interesting is happening. And it's like, well, maybe if you cut down the schedule a little bit, then you can do more behind the scenes footage. You can maybe, I, I, I don't know, like I'm just always thinking like a content wise, like how you could do this, but maybe players would be more willing to participate in more pro-ams or they would want to do more sponsored events or they would want to engage more with the tournaments because they know they have less of them. But I think I'm thinking from the player's perspective, like I know sometimes they don't have that much fun in pro-ams and people who play pro-ams don't have a good experience with their pros. And I'm like, I get it. And the pros are probably so exhausted week in and week out doing the same shit over and over and over again. It's like, give the pros a break too. I mean, you don't even let them have time to like recover or be their best. And then you have weeks where it's just like a really shitty field and that's not fun either. No one cares Mm -hmm. about that. So And then you have weeks that's like they're required to play and you can tell like when they're doing all of their content, like they don't care to be there. They don't want to be there. And that's not great for us. And it's not great for them. Yeah. I think the Saudi league will, um, will definitely be interesting to watch. It's 72 holes too, or it's uh, 54 holes. 54. Yeah. It's less golf, like physically less days. Um, which I think you know, wouldn't hurt. It's just so crazy. You look at like four days is a lot of golf. Like I think three, good yeah i mean i can't even get out i can't even get out for 18 holes nowadays so i don't know that's oh no no No. 18 is way too much call way too i can't do it anymore like once i stop playing i'm like nine nine's nine's good nine is good it's too slow i don't want to play all 18 i get exhausted by like 12 13 i'm just like i'm done with it and, and it's, it's your, the, enti- I, I was just, I was just talking about this with somebody today. It's your entire day. If you're going to go, it play, is. if you're going to go play golf at like noon, first of all, that's your first, you're done. That's your first mistake. But yeah. like, I'm somebody who, if I'm going to, if I have to do something at three o'clock in the afternoon, like, Oh, well, can't do anything till two. And I have to get ready for that thing at three. Like, yeah, <laughs> so it's like you're, you're, it's your entire day getting ready for it golf. Is. And then golf takes the entire day. And then you're, oh, I just. And it's exhausting. I've been having to, like, I've been playing a lot more recently and I walked 18 holes and I was like laying on the ground after just done, dead, dead. I, I'm like, how do people do this? How do the pros do this every single week? I mean, maybe if I was getting paid like millions and millions of dollars, I wouldn't complain, but still it's like, <laughs> oh my God, it's exhausting just being in the it sun is. and mentally it's just draining. It's just not fun sometimes. And then I wake up and I do the same thing all over again. That's why we all play golf. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird that we put ourselves through this like torture all the time. Yeah. 
Amanda's like, I love golf. Golf is great. I love watching golf. No, I was thinking, because I played yesterday and it's funny because it's like, you know, like I said, I played yesterday and I streamed it and I just really enjoyed it. Like it made me like want to go back out there this week and do stuff. Cause usually when I play golf, I'm like, fuck, I have to play golf. Just cause yeah. it's like, it just, cause usually I have to play with people and stuff, but I'm like, you know what, if I go out kind of at the end of the day by myself, you know, with chat, like with, with the stream and stuff, it's actually going to be perfect. And then this way I'll get me playing more golf and stuff. Um, cause I really don't like to play alone, but I prefer it. I don't know. It's a whole love hate thing. So yeah, I just, I like golf, but 18 is a lot. I've always felt that golf should be 14 holes. I think 14 yeah. is like the perfect. Cause when I hit 15, I'm usually like, that's when I'm like, okay, how many holes do I have left? Am I almost done? Okay. It'll be done in less than an hour. And then I can eat and then I can do this. Like that's when my mind, like I start to lose it around the whole 15. Like I just can't focus that long. For me, it's the, I guess, expectations of other people that I'm playing with. And it's not even like uh, if they don't know my backstory, but even if they just think that I played in college and you can't have like a bad shot or they'll like comment on it. Same. I don't know if you felt this way or you still feel this way where it's like people are like, oh, you did this or you did that. And it's like, I just want to go out and have a fun time and like miss shots and not have people comment on it or how I'm playing. Yeah, I definitely feel like that a lot, especially if I like go play with my dad's group or like my mom's friends and they're, you know, I'll hit great drives, which like my driver is definitely the best part of my game, but then I'll like, hits it so straight. It's I'll ridiculous. literally like shank a 60 degree wedge and want to like hide under the cart. Cause they're like, you know, they, these people, especially these, you know, my, my parents' friends, like watched me grow up. They watched me. And like, when I was really would never miss a shot. And now it's like, I don't really have any interest in playing with someone if they're going to keep score <laughs> because like if I hit a bad one. I'm going to drop another one until I hit a good one. So if I were, <laughs> you might be there for a minute, to be honest with you, but like, I just, I don't want to go out and play somewhere where like we have to, Oh, did you enter it into the gin system? No, because I hit 75 shots on the first five holes. Like, <laughs> Well, it, it's like, why do people take it so seriously? That's something like if I see someone yeah. about to like write the scores on the first hole, instant anxiety, instant anxiety. And especially if they're like making me put things out, I'm like, I don't want to put out four or three footers anymore. I don't want to do it. Like I would grind over those when I had to play. Right. I don't want, I just want to pick it up and you can put down whatever score you want, but it's like, I, I don't want to. And so it gets so bad now that like, if I'm playing with someone and they're keeping score, I will take the scorecard as soon as we're done. So no one else can see it. And I like rip it up because people like will comment on it. I, I, I played a, uh, this one course recently, but a couple days ago and people were like messaging me on Twitter, asking me what I shot. And I'm like, I just want to go play golf for fun. Like, I don't want yeah. to have like this, like expectation of like, every time you go out, you have to shoot a good score. Like you have to put things out. It's like, that's not fun for me. It's so weird that people like get so serious about golf and cause that's not, yeah. that's not fun. Like, it's not fun. Why do people do that? Like we had, we had to do that. We all play tournament yes. golf. We were forced into doing it, but that's not the most fun way to play golf anymore. No, but you're so right. I literally say that all the time. Like I don't play when it's cold. I don't play when it's windy and I don't play when it's rainy. Why? Because now I play golf for fun. It does not define my self-worth. And I used to have to play golf in that. And I don't have to do that now. So I'm not going to do that. So like yesterday on stream, there was, I think I hit a ball in the water and I was like, you know what? I don't fucking care. I'm going to the next hole. I'm just kind of done. And I'm like, I don't care. I, you know, I don't have to finish this hole. 
I'm having fun. I'm just going to keep going. Like, I don't, you know, it just, there's just, it's like you now, I am in control of my own golf destiny now, you know, I don't have to like play for anyone else. I just have to play for myself. I think there's so many people who take golf way too seriously and don't realize that it's just a game. Like it's literally a game. Like it's all the, old it's a sport, but like I it's, can't. it's a sport, but everybody probably who's listening to this, it's like literally a game for you. You're going out there to play a game. And so to take it seriously is like, that's kind of dramatic in my opinion. Like let's, let's pump no. the brakes because you're being a little dramatic right now, but for real, like when we, when we played in Bakers like that, I was, I was like, yo, we're not keeping score. And they're like, no, we don't like, we don't do that here. And I'm like, okay, great. And so it's just like, drop <laughs> another one, hit another one. Like you want to hit a, you want to try a different club, different shot. Like that's the kind of golf I want to play because we did the other yeah. shit for so long that I've done it. I've seen it all. I've written all the scores. I've done all the circles Mm -hmm. and boxes and I'm done. I'm good. I'm good on that. Good on that. And I thought it was a, like a me issue where it's like, if you played junior golf and college golf or even professionally, but at least if you played some professional golf or like some competitive golf, you have that mentality where it's like, you want to move past it. You want to just go out for fun. And I've noticed that people that I play with who have played competitive golf, serious competitive golf, have the same mentality that I do. But they, we all say the same thing, like that it's not fun. Like it's, it's really frustrating. Even though like I'll hit a bad shot, it's so hard for me to get out of that mindset to be like, it's fine. Like I, I'm just going to move on. And so for me, it's not keeping score. Like that really helps me because as soon as I have to keep score, that's when I get back into like my competitive mode. But I'm playing with these guys who are just, you know, amateur golfers. They have nothing coming up. Like they prepare to go play like nice golf course. Like that is like their competitive. Yes, exactly. And they're getting so incredibly (laughs) frustrated. And I'm like, okay, I hate golf. You hate golf. Does everyone just hate golf? Like everyone is frustrated playing golf. And I'm like, why do we all put ourselves through this? Like I'm I'm pissed because I had a three put. Someone else is pissed because they're in the trees. Someone else. (laughs) We are literally all on the next tee box pissed off. And I'm like, why do we do this? Why is this (laughs) something that we spend a lot of money on to go do? It's just crazy. And I I was like, okay, it's not just a me thing. It's a golf thing. And you know what, that, that's kind of why I didn't, I actually stopped playing golf a lot during COVID. Cause it was like, if I had a bad day on the golf course, like during the pandemic, it would just ruin it because that's, to me, it was like golf was what I then once again, was going to like base my happiness and like depend on and that's why I was like you know what I need to just not play golf like I just need to get away from it for a little bit so I really now I am I'm gonna get back into it after a year or two years of really not playing as much because there were like two summers where I played every day like I was I got good again like I was really into it but it's like I just need to not have that like pressure on myself, I guess. And I kind of felt that during COVID. I'm wondering if other people felt that too. People, it's like when you, you know, it's like if you have a bad day that just kind of ruins your day because golf's all you have during COVID for some people, you know? Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I definitely have to go into it with a, with a certain mindset. So I feel like the way the page feels too, like if I see somebody starting to write the scores down, I'm like, Oh, it's whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so like, I feel like it's all about that day's mindset. Like, and it's definitely involves the people I'm playing with. Like Amanda, when you and I were down at Hammock beach, it was like, perfect. Great. I know neither of us give a shit. So like, yeah, no problem. But like, if I, if all of a sudden I'm playing with somebody, that's why I don't really like to play with randos because I never know, I know I vibe that they're going to bring. And I'm like, first of all, why are you writing my score down? Like, why do you care so much about me? That's a little weird. 
Like, why yeah. don't you worry about yourself? You know, What'd you get on that hole? Wait, was that a five, four? What'd you get? I'm like, mind your own business. Like, <laughs> unless we're betting, which we're not. Exactly. Then worry about yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. And I, I, I think for me right now, it's like, I got to play with people who fit that same mindset because if not then I'm I'm not going and I definitely agree with Amanda like I don't play when it's too hot I don't play when it's too cold I don't mm-hmm. play when it's raining because there's one there's too many good days in the world yeah. to play golf and two we did that we had to play through like snowstorms and hailstorms mm-hmm. and rainstorms and hurricanes and all and I'm like no I'm not I'm not doing it or when people are like let's go play 36 holes for fun no I don't get that no What's I don't fun want about to. that I, I was forced to do that in college we would wake up at like the buck crack of dawn and we would just trek out there 36 holes and there's like no stopping in between. You just like, keep on going, keep on walking. And it's not fun. It's not fun. Cause they would have to like cram three day tournaments into a certain amount of days. So we wouldn't miss that much school. And I'm like, all we did was 36 whole days and it was miserable. It was horrible. Yeah. So no, I'm not doing that again. I'm mm-hmm. not. All that to like, say, oh. though, we keep going back and we do love the game. <laughs> At times. I know. Crazy. Add that to the thing of lists. So, Sam, I heard you have this thing with lists. Things. <laughs> so, okay. So, let me let me preface this. So, Sam, every once in a while, will send me a text and goes, remind me, I need to tell you about my new list. And I'm like, okay. And then she never tells me about it. And then six months later, she's like, remember that list? And I'm like, which one? So, Yeah. It, it all started with me thinking about why I went to Ripley's, believe it or not, that little like stupid house, yeah. you know, museum thing down in, down in Orlando. And I was like, okay, this is like, you know, they show you things like the world's the picture of the world's longest tongue. I'm like, okay, but how do you know? Like, did you look at everyone's tongue? Because you didn't look at mine. <laughs> so then I'm starting to think about like, okay, world records. How do they know? Like how, how did they know that that guy has the world's longest toenails? They didn't look at mine. They look at yours. They, I mean, how do you know? So then I made a list of things that don't make sense to me. World records was number one. And thus (laughs) the lists became a thing. Um, And I've got other lists like, um, do you guys know the term chuggy? Yes. Okay. Things so are, it's like things he's like out of date. Like yeah. it's like, yeah, like it was used to be trendy. It's not trendy, but people will still like wear certain things. Like um, like gotcha. Ugg boots are a bit chuggy, I would say. Um like oh, I've got a like, whole list. I've got a whole list. <laughs> so everything I do, got it. Yeah, give me your top ten. Crocs are um things that should be illegal. We've got uh things that hit different. Um wait, I want to hear the 10 things that should be illegal. Okay. Um, commercials with doorbell sounds, <laughs> songs with sirens, spam Instagram comments. Yes. Unskippable YouTube ads. Yes. yes. Cookies on websites. Cause I still don't know what that means. Not returning your shopping cart. I do that all the time. So yeah, I would not do lock that. Me up bitches. Um, grandma's on Facebook. Yeah. Um, free trials that make you enter payment details illegal um and then <laughs> mail address to current resident because if you don't know my name yes. you cannot send me email mine that I hate <laughs> is when they make things too hot so if like you go get a coffee or soup and it's like scorching hot you don't need to make it that hot 
like you make it impossible for me to drink it in that moment. And then if I try to drink it, then I burn all my taste buds off and then I can't taste anything for like two months anyways. Yeah. It's like, why do you have to make it so incredibly hot? You can make it like a little less hot and then I can enjoy it right in that moment. And then sometimes you get that hot and you're like, okay, I'll wait for it to cool down. And then by the time you drink it, it's cold. It, it, it just, or people who, I've ranted about this before. I could go on. Just in general? About airports. People in general? Who don't Got put it. their trays away. Who don't stack their trays. If you can't stack your tray, get out of here. Oh, you I should do that. I stack other airport. people's trays. Now I do that. Yeah, I can do three more. And there's um there's a short list. I haven't, I just made this one of people who take their jobs too seriously. And number one is everybody who works at an airport. Also everyone in golf media. <laughs> yeah. Also everyone at a golf tournament. Yeah, <laughs> yeah those um, influencers. Yeah, but things that hit different, things that hit different is funny. It's like a good pair of slippers, <sighs> crushed worst. ice. A perfectly toasted bagel. I haven't heard this one. Um, Towels just out of the dryer. A new chapstick. Finding money in your pocket. Like stuff like that, you know? Like something will happen and I'll be like, Mm. oh, that was good. And then when I'm having a bad day, I'll be like, remember, but remember that last time you took a shower after going to the pool and that's like the best shower of all time. Or taking your bra off after a long day. Yeah. Yeah, that one for me. So anyway, that hits different. There's a lot of stuff in the world that I don't understand, and that is um, that is where the list came to be. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now, you can save fifty dollars on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, we are going to do some TNA, and this is actually going to come from Samantha. She did a post, and you guys responded to um, what she said, and we're going to do a couple questions off of here. So the first one is, what are three ways golf Twitter can change for the better? Um, For me, it's number one is just not taking things so seriously and not remembering that it's not about you. Like if I tweet something, it's probably not about you. And if it is, then I meant it. Um, And secondly, like just, we don't have to agree. We don't have to agree. That's like the beauty of the country that we live in. We all have free speech and we can all say whatever we want for good or for worse. And we, you can say, I like this. And I can say, well, I like this. And we can just leave it at that. Like, we don't have to get into a 50 reply Twitter thread about it. 
that's, those are my two things yeah. about, and I think that's just Twitter in general. That's just social media in general, but that's, that's where I would start with that. Yeah. I would say definitely golf Twitter takes himself way too seriously. So, um, it, it really doesn't matter. Like everyone needs to calm down. It's not that serious. I would say another thing is that, and I, I don't know how we can actually fix this. And I do this too. We talked about this on the last episode, but I don't feel like there's much diversity in our opinions when it comes to golf. And like, you'll look at the feed and all of us are saying basically the exact same thing, which I think is good um, because we're all kind of aligned in what we're thinking, which is surprising that people get so upset about it because again, we're all kind of on the same page here, but uh, there's just like, no one does anything different. No one tries to do anything different. Maybe it's because golf takes itself way too seriously that no one's trying to push boundaries, but you can look at the feed and take everyone's name off of it. And I couldn't tell you who tweeted what at this point, like there's nothing different about what, what any of us are saying. Yeah. We might as well all just say the same thing. Cause if we don't, then Lee Westwood's going to send his like followers out on us. So we gotta be careful. Amanda, what would you do to make golf Twitter better? So the one thing people need to just never tweet at golfers who they have money on, like you have no right or any reason to be like, yo, you cost me 180 bucks on your four putts, Scottie Scheffler, like shut the fuck up. Like he doesn't care. You did the betting. I'm in betting. I don't care. Like, I don't, they don't want to hear it. You don't need to tell them about it. Like they have gone through a lot worse than your $180 that you lost. So that's the biggest thing. Just don't, don't chirp at players in general. If it's not a nice thing to say, don't chirp at them about, I like about, you know, bets that you had on them. But I would say for me, like the two things other than what you guys say, like, don't take it too seriously is just don't say really nasty things. And maybe we'd get Rory McIlroy or like Ricky Fowler back. Ricky Fowler was huge on Twitter when he first came out and he was so fun to follow. Like when people weren't that mean, life was you know yeah. a lot better. So that, and just, I agree if you have that. money on a golfer, do not tell them. Like they don't care. You're being a dick. Just Yeah. Stop. I wonder like what the end goal is with that. Like what did, like, what did, I know. what, <laughs> I know it was going to come out of that. I know. I agree. That's the thing. It's like, what, what are you trying to get negative attention? Like, what do you want here? Who hurt you? Honestly, I think about that daily. Like I'll look at my Twitter and I'm like, what is wrong with people? Like, it doesn't matter. Like at, at all. People are insane. So this one kind of leads into that. We all know the DMS that you hate to get, but what are the DMS you wish you got more? So I would say I love when people send me like funny jokes or things that I've never seen before. I despise when someone, of course, sends me dick pics and when they say, Hey, can I ask you a question? I hate, hate that. It like makes my skin crawl. Just ask me the question. You don't need to ask. I, I hate that. I hate, hate, hate that. Um, so it's like when people like take the extra step to do something funny, interesting. I love that. What would you say, Amanda? <laughs> so I really don't like getting DMs. I'll be honest. I think the only place that my DMs are open is like on Twitter. If people somehow figure out how to send me a DM and it's like in the hidden stuff and every once in a while I'll go through it. I mean, obviously I like, uh, if it's like a really hot, like famous guy. And if he's like, sup, I, I would enjoy that. I, I Amanda will that. fly out to wherever you are. Apparently. <laughs> no, you can fly to me this time, guys. <laughs> I learned my lesson. Um, I like all that. 
but I really don't like getting DMs. I or no, I'll actually I'll be honest. So when I had my little nervous breakdown, I didn't expect anyone to reach out to me. And a lot of people in golf that I would consider like heavy hitters did. And that meant a lot to me. So anytime people send you DMs that are like, I love what you're doing. Yeah. Don't stop being you. I really do like that. That does mean a lot. When people seem to just genuinely like me for me and not. There's just so much negativity. And so when someone takes the time yeah. to send something positive, it makes a big difference for sure. Yeah. I would say um, I get a lot of like, Hey, I'm coming to Orlando. Where should we play golf? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, yes. I don't really mind it because it's like, you know, I, I appreciate that they would, you know, reach out and then I can tell them where to avoid and where to, yeah, where to have fun and tell them about, you know, winter park nine that I think is like a, a special place and, and stuff like that, that maybe they wouldn't have found by like a, a random Google search. Um, so yeah, I, I like anything kind of like the page was saying that shows that you were paying attention to anything that I said at one point, yeah. like, yeah. you know, <laughs> even if it was a small thing, um, but I will say, I know I'm not probably not supposed to be looking at my phone, but they just announced the, the match, the new, the next match. What is, what it? is it? Where is it? Break, breaking, news, breaking news, <laughs> breaking news, breaking news. <laughs> um, June 1st, uh, Brady and Rogers versus Allen and Mahomes. Oh my God. Just kill oh, me now. So it's not even golfers. Yeah. We, oh God. I guess there's, since Phil's not left to play in these anymore, Bryson just had surgery. Phil's hiding in a bunker somewhere. Like that's, this is what it's come to. Who's the, who's the third guy before Mahomes? Brandon Allen, right? Brandon Allen? Who the hell is that? Oh, Josh Allen. Oh, Josh Allen. Oh, I've heard of Josh Allen. Is the, um, right? yeah, the I, Bills quarterback. Yeah, that's Josh Allen. Oh, Josh Allen. Don't need him in my DMs. This was such a good opportunity for them to showcase women's golf. And yeah, they could have done a women the mix. Why thing. they could have done Brady Corda, uh, Rogers Corda. That would have been ten times better than what they just did. I, I, it's gonna be so awkward. I don't get it. Like I honestly don't get it. I'm so sick and fucking tired of people doing the same shit over and over and over again. Like give people an opportunity to do something different. They're gonna have the same people commentating. It's gonna be the same format over and over and over again. It's like, yeah, I guess it works and you're gonna get the same viewership, but it's like you could get maybe a different crowd or different people watching. If you have like the Corda sisters, you could maybe yeah. have younger people come in, young girls go and watch that. It's like, I just, I'm so sick of it. I am so sick of people doing the same thing over and over again. Clearly I'm heated. About and not it. just that it's like, there's just no way that the people who put on the matches one through 68 were like, these were such a success. I need to keep doing this. They were such a not success that Bryson got the lowest bid on his golf cart from when he played against Brooks. Like he owns that golf cart because no one wanted it. He got the lowest bid on it. Like these are not successful matches. There is no way that anyone is making any money on this. They just got to give it up. Like, I think the one time that they probably made a lot of money on it was the first match with Phil and Tiger when it was pay-per-view on it. Like that's when they would have made money on it. But these other ones are so bad. Like they're not good. I mean, and I'm definitely, I didn't really even want to watch it when it was golfers. And now I'm definitely not going to watch it now that it's football players. Like what? Absolutely not. Like, can we stick with what the original intended plot of the story was? I know. <laughs> anyway, sorry to interrupt. Um, no, right. I, I, it's just, it's like, so no, we need to know too. And 
I don't like that. It's stupid, stupid. and I'm not excited, and I'm, I'm going to hate watch it, and I'm going to hate tweet about it the entire time. God, they're probably, what were the dates again? It's probably during the a women's fifth. major. It, it might be. It's the first week of um, June. It's uh, like the 5th through 7th or something. God, so I think the that's women's the women's open. U.S. Open. Yeah. <laughs> oh always, it was always around the first weekend of June. It, oh, my gosh. It's the weekend of Memorial. Oh, God. Actually, speaking of women's golf, though, uh, Sam, you had a really interesting tweet about Alexa Pano, who is turning pro. She is like a phenom, um, highly she accomplished junior golfer. Is she seven, 17? Okay, I will say though, she has been like acting and looking like she's been 21 for the last like 10 years. And that (laughs) makes me very uncomfortable when children do that. So I just got to get that out of the way. Continue. Um, Amazing golfer, amazing golfer. And she decided to turn pro instead of going to college. I personally think that if you were at that level to turn pro, you're good enough and you have the confidence, you should turn pro. I don't know how your college golf experience was, but I felt that I had a great time. I learned a lot. I grew up and it was great in so many different aspects, but it wasn't great if I wanted to become a professional golfer. I think it depends on the program that you go to, the coaches that you have. I think the coaches on the men's side are actually significant better than the coaches on the female side. There's very few coaches on the female side who are actually really great and know what they're doing and know how to develop talent. It's, tr- it's just the truth. And you look at all of these incredible junior golfers who go to college and quit either quit when they're playing um, like probably sophomore, junior year, or they quit immediately after. So I don't know if it has to do anything with the system. Um, And I don't think this, I think this is applies mostly to the women's game, not as much to the men's game, like I said, because they have better coaches. Um, But I think if you want to turn pro, you should just turn pro. And I, I really wanted to get your opinions on this because I don't know if a lot of people agree with this, but just from what I've seen from junior golf and, you know, all the amazing talent who's kind of just never did anything after they went to school. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, we're all kind of around the same age and I, we've all seen the same people go through that for sure. And I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm definitely a believer in getting a good education because it, you know, you could use it later in life. And for sure, mm-hmm. I think that's important. Um, but I will say the one thing about college golf, and I, I had an amazing experience at Arkansas um, and I loved every second of it. But I think the one thing that I saw in a lot of women's programs, kind of like Paige was saying, and I don't, I can't speak for the men's cause I have no idea, but is when I was in school, which was from what, 2012 to 2017 was, um, you, you know, you, they recruit you for the player that you are, right? So when you're 17, 16, 17, 18, and you're, you're good. Like that's, that is honestly when I peaked was when I was like 17 and 18, which is crazy. Um, but they recruited me for the player that I was. Now that is, that is the workouts I was doing, the practicing I was doing, the playing I was doing, the workouts with my coach that I was doing. They, that was, they recruited me for that, to be that person, to bring that talent to the school. And then once I got to school, everything was on their terms, right? Like it was, oh, you're going to do this. You're going to do this. You're going to practice like this. You're going to do, and I'm like, but you know, looking back, I didn't see it at the time, but looking back on it, it's like, okay, the top, the top two um, programs in this, in the country when I was in school was UCLA and Duke. And they didn't have team practices because their coach recognized that like, Hey, maybe you kind of got it figured out for yourself. If you got here, you know what I'm saying? And like, I, I kind of feel like that's, 
I, I understand that coaches, you know, they want to have kind of a handle on the, the, the players and, and try to develop certain areas of the game. And, and yeah, I totally see how some of that was definitely beneficial, but at the same time, if you brought, you know, the players in to do what they're already good at in such an individualized sport, then maybe let them continue to do that and help them develop it in the ways that they're already doing it. That is my one drawback to college athletics. And I, I know it's probably different in every sport, but with golf is such an individual game. I just find it to be interesting that you're already so good. You're there for a reason. And then when you get there, they try to change everything. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, from like you're saying too, it's from the workouts, when you work out to the practices, um, everything. And it's not what they're doing is wrong, but when you're so used to training a certain way for such a long time. So I was homeschooled. And so I would practice forever. I love to practice and I had to, that was just something that I needed mentally. And so for me, I didn't feel like the practices were long enough. We would focus on things that I didn't really need to focus on. And there are other players on the flip side who hate practicing and they actually get worse when they practice. And so you're forcing them to practice and to work out. And that's something that's they're not used to. I remember a lot of the girls, they never worked out a day in their life. And they were so sore for so many tournaments that they couldn't even swing. It's like, it doesn't make sense to me. And and I'm like, again, you see so many players going through this and it's like, we should be able to do practice on our own. We know how to train. We know it works for us. And I, I wish that's, that's the way it was for everyone. And it's, it's just not, I mean, I've heard so many horror stories from my friends who have had just really bad college experiences with coaches. And I think, again, for any of the parents listening and their kids are interested in, you know, being a college athlete, especially within golf, my biggest advice is to find a coach and find girls who fit your personality. So coaches tend to recruit the same type of player. And so if you get along with the girls on the team, chances are then she's going to continue to recruit Uh, players like you and that you're going to get along with if you feel a little out of place then you're probably going to have a a pretty bad experience and so if you don't feel like you can get along with um, the coach and you don't like their philosophy but more importantly if you don't like the girls on the team it's it's just it's not for you because again they they recruit a certain type of player so some players they like you know really fiery competitive or they like ones that are a little bit more subdued like just you really have to look at the team and talk to the girls and talk to the players on the team and they'll give you the best insight for sure. Yeah. I would say also the other piece of advice I would give would be to find players who have already graduated or encourage your junior to do that. You know, once they're old enough, 16, 17 in that age range, find players who have just graduated or graduated a few years ago and ask them for their honest, non-obligatory opinions (laughs) on the program, the coach, everything because the players who are there at the time might say something because they feel like they have to, but players who have already left will probably have less of a filter. will probably be more honest with you. Um, and I mean, it's a, it's a huge decision and not to say that you can't transfer. I can't, I did. And I'm a firm believer in, in, in going, you know, where you're happiest. So I totally get it. But, um, you know, just seeking out those, the people who will probably be the most honest with you is, is definitely a good call as well. I think because, you feel like you have to rush the recruiting process. I remember when, like, as soon as you could sign, 
your NLI, you did. And as soon as you committed, you did. And I didn't feel mm-hmm. like I took the time to visit different schools and to meet different coaches. And I, I just felt so much pressure to be one of the first ones to commit that I mm-hmm. really rushed the whole process. And that's one big regret of mine. I wish I did it all over again, where I took time. I, I did 20 visits. I, I did two. I did two visits. And I... I just was stuck in like, this is where I need to go. This is where I should Mm -hmm. go. And I wasn't even open-minded to visiting other places, seeing other places, doing anything else. And that was, I think my biggest mistake for sure. Yeah. College, college sports, college golf is definitely a different animal because it's not like football or basketball where you have to have a team to have a practice, you know, like if you said you love to practice, I hated to practice. I would rather go on the course for four (laughs) hours and that's, and if I know that about myself, then that's great self-awareness. Why not use that to our advantage? Right. So I don't know. It's, um, you know, not every program is going to be for everyone. Not every, you know, there's, there's no one size fits all, but I definitely think, I think, you know, coaches will figure it out. Yeah. And I, again, I'm glad I went to college. I am so happy that I went that route. I was not in a place to turn pro. It wasn't for me. And I think this only applies really to the players who are at that level, who can compete. There's plenty of opportunities Mm -hmm. to get sponsor invites to Monday qualify. You can test your game before you actually go in and um, decide if you want to play professionally or go to college. I think if you are not at that level, 100% go to college, 100% do that. Um, Cause it is a great experience, but if you have the ability, like we saw with the, the Corda sisters, um, a lot of girls in my grad year uh, didn't go to college like Lexi and uh, it, it just, it worked out for them, but they already kind of established that they could compete with yeah. the girls on LPGA tour. And that's what I'm saying. If yeah. you're at that level, I would, I would, I would just turn pro, but. Yeah. And to your point, I mean, Alexa Pano is not only contended on the Symmetra tour, but I think she's won. Hasn't she win an event as an amateur or came in second? Like she's had some serious success against the professionals as an amateur. So there is no reason for her to not turn professional when you're competing at that level. It'd be different if, you know, she went and shot two under for a four day tournament, then yeah, you got to go to college. You're obviously good, but you need to go to college. But when you go and you're shooting 15 under, like, I think it's time to turn pro. I also think too, that a lot of these athletes are now so specialized in what they do, but they live a very unique life and I was homeschooled. And so everything that I did was to be a better golfer and I didn't socialize with kids my own age. And so it was a really hard transition for me when I went to school and it took so much time to adjust, like golf wasn't the focus. I just totally screwed me up in so many different ways. But it was also so great for me to grow up and be around kids my own age. And it was like probably the best four years of my life and in terms of like personal growth and learning about myself. But again, these kids are like in a bubble and I could Mm -hmm. see someone like Alexa just not being conducive to like her goals and her dreams and what she wants to do. And it almost could probably like set them back too. And distraction too. It's a distraction. And Mm -hmm. be cool girl and stuff. Like you can't, Yeah, you you got to focus on something. Do that. But then at the same time, it's like, well, can you just live a sheltered life forever? And is that, you know, I don't know, but I, I think if you've lived a certain life and then going to college, it could be way hard on yourself. And it, I, I, it was hard on me and I, I'm sure it'd be hard for all those homeschooled weirdos too. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, with that said, I want to thank you guys both. Um, great episode as always. And thank you guys for listening. If you have any questions you want to write in, you can email us at PARIHeartRadio.com or you can send us a message on the Playing Around Instagram account and catch us here next time. Thank you guys both for being on. Follow Playing Around with Paige Renee on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at Viking.com. Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked. Game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco Cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked. Your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart.